Thank you. Does this sound a little better? Okay. You don't want to miss this one. <laughs> or any. <laughs> so when you were a child and you got to play outdoors, which is uh, coming now, right? The time now. I'm hearing my neighbor's children playing outside now. The weather is shifting. Did you play games that you love to play outdoors? What were some of those games? Let me hear. Just call it out. Listen to all of you. You loved to play outside, didn't you? Tag? I heard some tag out here. What did I hear back here? Kick the can. Kick the can was always a good one. Someone in the first service actually said twister. <laughs> I said, did I not, did I forget to say outdoor games? <laughs> Whatever, okay. Well, we liked to play freeze tag. Did anybody play freeze tag? Oh, yes, freeze tag. It's a good game. My sisters and I could play for so long with our neighbors. We loved it. Let me ask you another question. Who here has seen the movie or heard the songs from Frozen, the movie? Yes. Who here wants to hear me sing Let It Go? <laughs> That's a big negatory. <laughs> Chris said at the first service, Becky, let it go. <laughs> I don't think he meant sing it. <laughs> yes, the, the movie Frozen. Uh, certainly we have heard of it. Uh, it's been a movie that parents have watched over and over and over again. Well, in the scripture this morning, Mary has a frozen moment. Verse 11 says this. There are two little words that will set the tone for our message today. But Mary. But Mary. The disciples had a foot race out to the tomb. Remember the scripture says? And then one passes the other. And the scripture tells us about that. And almost as quickly as they ran there, they run back to their friends not seeking, not fully understanding what is happening, the scripture goes on to tell us. They seem to have believed on the basis just seeing the empty tomb. They saw, they believed, and they left. But Mary, Mary stays. She has a frozen moment. And I suspect if we reflect on her situation at any length of time, we won't find any blame in her response. She stands outside the tomb and she weeps. Not only does she have a frozen moment, but we might suspect that there are frozen moments suspended in her mind. Memories. Moments can do that. They can get lodged in our minds Moments that are so big, they carry so much emotion for us. And sometimes they are painful memories, and sometimes they are wonderful memories. A wedding day, 
the birth of a precious child, an ordination, the loss of a job. I suspect that many of us who are over the age of 30, I tried to do my math right here, if we are over the age of 30 or close to that, we have a collective frozen moment. And it is 9-11. We have a collective frozen moment. Most of us can remember and tell the story of where we were when we heard about that. And just for a moment, we froze. A collective frozen moment. And, and it is in our memories now. So Mary weeps at the tomb, remembering with a wave of grief the loss of Jesus, the moment of his death frozen forever in her mind. And so she pauses. And because she pauses, something quite miraculous occurs. She encounters the risen Christ. Even in her fear, her grieving, and her confusion, Jesus shows up. Mary stayed long enough and she waited. And therefore, because of her very human response, she is the first to experience the presence of the risen Christ. Mary stayed. And because of this, we have her very dramatic testimony of the first Easter. Yes, there is fear and confusion and even misunderstanding. Are you the gardener? She asks Jesus at first. But there is also glorious recognition. Recognition of a miracle. And somehow... Mary is unfrozen in all of this as she encounters Christ. She is set free. She's able to then go and tell the disciples. Can you imagine? She races back and she says, I, I have seen the Lord. I dare say that we too may be a bit like Mary. But even in our fear and our grieving and even in our confusion, Jesus shows up still. Jesus shows up. And we are given another opportunity to encounter Christ. And that is what Easter is all about. Fresh starts, the story of resurrection, the story of new life. The resurrection is a miracle. It is an amazing, instantaneous event that we hear about. Jesus was dead, and he is alive. He was crucified. They saw him take his final breath. The sky turned black. The temple veil was torn in two. But now he is not in the tomb. He is alive. Maybe you, maybe me, maybe we need a miracle. Maybe we need to be reminded 
in this day that there is a possibility of fresh starts, of new life. Does your faith need resurrected? Does your faith need resurrected? Mine does. Always. We are an Easter people. Every day is a new, fresh day. The great news is that we believe not only in the resurrection of Christ, but in the resurrection of our own faith. At our sermon starters group this last week, we talked about what it means to have a faith resurrection. And I couldn't stop thinking all week long as I prepared for today about my LGBTQIA siblings who have experienced a faith resurrection by coming to King Avenue United Methodist Church. By being able to worship here in a place that is embracing and to find unconditional love and acceptance, to be able to serve together side by side as we get to know our Savior more. Let me tell you a resurrection story that I had, my own faith resurrection story, though I do have multiple ones I could share. But this one is about the first time I marched in the Pride Parade. It was with Bexley United Methodist Church. I was the senior pastor there at the time. And our music director, Janelle, said to me, now, Becky, when we march in the parade, it's really important for you to wear your stole so everybody knows that you're a pastor. Well, I don't look like the normal pastor. <laughs> so I said, um, okay, um, I will. Um, and, and I thought about wearing my collar, but you, if you, any of you have marched in the Pride Parade before, it's hot. It's really hot. So I was like, no, I'm not going to wear my collar. Um, so, and I found my, the lightest stole that I had that had a rainbow on it. And so I, I put on my stole, and, um, and I realized as we were walking in that parade that Janelle was right. So we were walking along, and, and you wave out, and everybody's saying to you, happy pride, and you're saying happy pride back to everybody. And I can't even tell you how many people actually ran out onto the parade route and hugged me and said, thank you for loving me. Thank you. I was so humbled. They were right, I did love them. Absolutely. I was so humbled by that moment, and, and I was moved, and I felt my own faith being resurrected that day. I knew that I was loving folks in a unique and awesome way. I knew that I was in the right place. Sometimes we as clergy wonder about our own effectiveness. But I knew that day that I was following God's call. I was sharing good news of God's love to those who needed to hear it. I have seen the Lord, says Mary. She looks at those she loves and who had been on the journey with her, and she shares the good news. <laughs> Maybe we need to be able to look at one another and share the good news. He's alive. He's alive, and because he's alive, his love continues on and on, and we share that good news of God's love 
with those around us because he is alive. Let me tell you the story by the author Robert Fulcombe. The story is entitled, Polly the Pistol. Now, it's not the old movie, Polly the Pistol, because there is an old movie that's entitled that, but this is a little story. Once there was a little girl who showed up at a small church in a small town. She had heard that they had Sunday school because some of her friends attended that church, so she wanted to find out about it, and she also heard that they had really, really good snacks. That was certainly a draw as well. So Polly showed up to church to learn about Jesus. And so as the days went on, folks got to know Polly. She soon became to be known around the church as Polly the Pistol. (laughs) Christmas rolled around, and there was big talk of a Christmas pageant for the children. Oh, the kids were so excited about it. And so they were talking about what parts they were going to play. And the director of the pageant said, Polly, this would be a great opportunity for you. Why don't you be in the pageant? And she said, nope, no way. It's all fake. I'm not doing it. But she still hung around. Well, the days went on, and they rehearsed, and they rehearsed. And and even right before the pageant, the, the director said, Polly, just come to see the pageant. Come to see your friends. And she said, nope, I'm not going to do it. It's all big fake. Nope. (laughs) Well, the night of the pageant came. And the director was very busy making sure everybody was in their places and everything was just so. She felt a tug on her pant legs. She looked down. Oh, there was Polly. So it was right before the show started, so she just kind of took Polly right up with her. She sat her right down in the seat next to her. And so the pageant started as Christmas pageants do with children. And and the children were dressed in wonderful costumes. And so there were the animals that came in, the little lambs and doves and cows and the little animals at the the manger. And then there were angels and shepherds and, and wise men came down the aisle. And then there was a younger couple from the church. And with them was their new baby, baby Jesus, about a three-month-old child. And they carefully walked down to the front of the church, and they came up to the steps, and they laid Jesus gently in the manger. The music started. The director was helping the children sing, was not paying attention at all to Polly. (laughs) who was so fascinated that she slipped away and crawled up those steps right onto the platform, and she poked that baby. (laughs) Gave it a good poke. Then she turned around, and she slipped down the steps, and she sat down again right next to her, the the choir director. By then, the choir director realized she'd gotten away from her. And Polly looked at her with wide eyes and said, he's alive. He's alive. Well, everybody else in the church wanted to know what Polly said, of course. 
And so someone closer to the back said, what'd she say? And, they said, and so they started to pass the word back. She said, he's alive, he's alive. And they started to tell each other the good news. He's alive. Let's tell each other the good news. He's alive. And that means God's love is spread throughout this world by us. Thanks be to God, he's alive. Amen. Amen.